Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2024. It's wild. Yeah, got any resolutions? Um, No, I'm not jinxing this year. Anything has to be better than last year. <laughs> yeah, last year was a rough one. Yep. So what about you? Um, I'm usually a big resolution person. I usually get a piece of paper and really write down stuff. And then I break it down into smaller goals to get to each goal. And then I put it in my planner to check on the first of every month how my progress is going so I don't get off track. And I may yet do that because that is definitely my brand. Um, but, but... I have one that I kind of want to focus on that I kind of don't need to write it down because it's kind of all I'm thinking about right now. (laughs) You want to dig into it? Yeah, I really do. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, I was kind of thinking in 2024, we should like, I don't know, start another podcast. Yeah, let's have another baby. Let's do it. We're going to grow our family. I'm going to keep you barefoot and pregnant with podcasts. (laughs) As soon as you think you found your sea legs with one, I'm going to be in your inbox saying, hey, Melanie, let's have another. (laughs) Well, tell the people. Yes, which is why I I had to find someone who had a whole lot of kids to do this with because I felt like you'd be open to that mentality (laughs) if I was ever just like, fuck it, let's do it again. Um, I do want to do it again really, really, really bad. And we're gonna. Um, We're gonna. We're gonna. So... We are going to start uh, sort of an old-fashioned advice column podcast where you can bring your human complexities and come sit with us and bring us your problems and we will do our best. We will tap into our experience as humans. We will tap into our uh, mom sides probably more often than not. Um, more importantly than that, we will tap into our listeners also, because there are, you guys know so much shit. It's insane. That has been boggling my mind since we started Marked Safe, the types of people that we have really kind of not sought out. They, they just, it's who we ended up with. It's who has stuck. And we tend to have a very queer and very neurodivergent audience. Um, and oh my God, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Not exclusively by any possible means. You know, we, we've got listeners of absolutely all kinds and I love that, but I do feel like we have a, an overrepresentation in the best way. Um, and I, I, you guys know so much and you have such cool experiences and there are some things that we should probably shut the fuck up on because they haven't applied to us and we should probably defer to someone they have applied to. But then there are other very specific areas of niche knowledge that 
a lot of you guys have, and I would love to pull that in. So what we're going to do is we're going to start a show where you guys can reach out with anything. And I mean anything. Nothing's off the table. Nothing is off the table. Come sit with us. Please come sit with us and bring us your problems. And I'm not saying that we have the answers to your problems because we are just people. But um, we will definitely talk through your problems and hopefully it will be productive for all of us. So... Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to ask you guys to bring us your situations. They can be messy. They can be anything. Uh, they can definitely be anonymous. They don't have to be anonymous, but I assume that a lot of them will because I really want to create a space where we can be, where everybody can not have to filter themselves too much. So you, you guys hit us with, should I attend my family Thanksgiving if somebody I have no contact with is there, but my grandpa's about to die? Uh, you can hit us with, I'm an accountant, but I think I want to be an aerialist. I'm 39. What do? You can hit us with what charcuterie board items would be ideal for a kink munch. You can hit us with, <laughs> should I quit my job? What kind of lube should I use silicone toys? Am I being too petty? Am I not being petty enough in this situation? Is this problematic? Uh, settle a debate between me and my spouse, please. I'm begging you for those. Please. (laughs) (laughs) I would love settle a debate ones. Uh, you know, how do I explain a foster siblings trauma to my bio kid? Should I put shrimp or tuna in my cheating husband's curtain rods before I move out? How much should I spend on my Polly Paramore's birthday? I mean, just name it. Yes. Um, we will continue to do content warnings like we always do, but I don't want, anyone um to be like well this is kind of messy i don't know just just throw it at us um so we're gonna do that and then the other side of things we are going to make a situation where you guys can let us know what topics you might potentially like to be contacted for your thoughts on um and I, I can't stress enough that, I mean, you, you can give us one thing or 50 things. You don't need to have a PhD in it. You just need to feel like if you were in a group setting and someone brought that up, your ears would perk up and you go, oh, hold on. This is my thing. I know a lot about this. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything. It can be your comfort show. It can be your deep dive hyper focus topic. It can be. Uh, trauma. It can be narcissism. It can be no contact with a parent. It can be poly stuff. It can be kink. It can be anything, anything at all. And what we can do is we can get a question and we may say, you know, I feel like we could use another voice in this and we will reach out to you. And if you don't have the spoons to mess with it right now, don't, it's fine. Um, you know, if we say, hey, we got a question about this dynamic, you mentioned that you know a lot about this, and you just don't want to don't have the bandwidth right now. That's fine. Don't even feel bad about that ever, because that is not the vibe here. <laughs> so we are going to be doing an official launch, very, very likely within January. We're also going to be coming at you with some Patreon content for this podcast in January, along with your regularly scheduled Mark Safe episodes. But we are aiming to drop a first episode of this, hopefully by the end of January. That would be really great. So within the next week or two, uh, look for more details and specifics on that and how you can 
how you can get your questions and your situations to our inbox, how you can get your areas of interest or expertise. Um, and we'll put this on our um, Mark Safe uh, social media pages. Um, that way you can navigate uh, yes. to the bonus show. Yes. So everything is happening. Um, there is a ton going on behind the scenes here, probably more than we have had going on behind the scenes uh, since we started this show. It's so intimidating a little in a way, but not because on one hand, we do know how to do this now. We do have a good listenership to start with. Um, we kind of know what we're doing. But at the same time, now that you've started one podcast, you know how bad the beginning of your podcast are. Because right, you're yeah. still finding your format. You're still figuring things out. So I'm like, oh, God, someday I'm going to record this right now. I'm going to think it's so good. A year from now, I'm going to be like, please don't listen to episode one. <laughs> um, so I already know that's going to happen. And that's humbling. But, you know, you just got to gotta move through that. Um, I'm so excited. It's really exciting. I'm Something excited. Unsc- unscripted and raw and just. Yes. I feel like we, I, well, I was going to say, I feel like we have a lot of sidebars about unpacking human complexities here and want to turn that into its own show, which is true. But please don't think the sidebars here are stopping because no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. You're still stuck with us yeah, for those. Yeah. No, you're definitely still stuck with us. So if that is uh, content that you were interested in. Happy New Year. It's coming. Happy New Year. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that pretty much covers it. We're going to be interested in you guys' questions, problems, situations, human complexities. We're going to be interested in your hyperfocuses, hyperfixations, areas of interest and expertise. And um, yeah, January, possibly early February is the time range for getting this going so look for more information yep we'll keep you posted we will and i will i'm a little hyper focused on this right now myself so i will be harassing you every day i'm sorry it's okay <laughs> i like being harassed by you oh yay all right so back to our firstborn <laughs> and the high strong <laughs> eldest daughter of the family yeah <laughs> Shall we jump into, holy smokes, sorry guys, the wind is insane here right now. I'm just waiting for my fence to go blowing across my window. Well, I do Um, hope that doesn't happen for you, but weather sounds are always ambiance here. (laughs) Ambiance. Yeah, let's jump into the bracket. Nonsense. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. So this week, um, we've done all our pairings, so now we're... We're whittling it down. <laughs> it's sandwiches versus Crocs with socks. Sandwiches. I mean, love them sandwiches. I love the sandwiches. Crocs with socks. I-, I can't recall my reasoning for why they won. I think I just didn't like the other thing. <laughs> and I mean, it is comfortable. I'll give it that. But I mean, you know, Crocs with socks. They're <laughs> sandwiches, however, absolutely baller. I mean, depending on the sandwich, some of the shit Aaron posts, uh, you know. <laughs> no. Well, wait, someone posted something the other day, like uh, mods aren't around. Smooth Let's food. Smooth food. Smooth food. How do you feel about it? It looked like dessert to me. I mean, it was like meant to be a peanut butter and sand- peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I think, but it had like no 
It was almost like a bar of soap. Yes, but with, you know, the colors in the order that you would expect. I don't have any desire to eat it. I don't think I would enjoy that at all. But I have a surprising desire to look at it a lot. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Um, Some little gremlin in the back of my brain sees that and says, yes. I need to see more smooth food. Well, if you... I don't know when you last looked at that thread, but there has been a lot of smooth food added to the comments. Mm, I'll have mm-hmm. to check it out. Yeah, it's it's becoming a, a smooth food cornucopia, even, and it's all <laughs> for me pretty enjoyable. Somebody, I don't, I haven't fact checked this, so I don't know if that's what this is or what, but I think that somebody said that one of them there's 3D printed food for older adults who need it, but like it's smooth, but it's in the shape of food. Um, so that's cool, but that's not the point for me. The point for me is the gremlin in the back of my brain. Okay. As always, (laughs) as we all know. (laughs) Sandwiches. It is sandwiches. It is. I do love a good sandwich, man. You're making me hungry. I mean, a lot of times if I go to a restaurant and there are a lot of options you know there will be chicken and beef and all and pasta all little sections a lot of the time even if it's a dinner thing and the sandwiches are kind of more i think meant to be more of a lunchy vibe i will go for the sandwiches i love a sandwich i like the little sandwiches like um what kind like sliders no like the little what is it like little tea time sandwiches like um petty is it called petty no there's a name for it. I don't know what I they are. I don't know either, but I think that I also think that I don't know that I want to eat them. I don't know that I have eaten them, but I think I know what you mean, and I like to look at them. What is my thing with looking at food right now? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> would you look at it? I guess I would, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, what I look at it and what I eat it are two completely different um, <laughs> sets of criteria, and I didn't know that about myself. <laughs> So I don't know what you're covering. I don't know what we're coming into the new year with. All right. Well, this is, I don't think I've covered something like this before. Really? Yeah. Okay. So this week I decided that I wanted to dig into farming accidents. Oh my God. Farming accidents. That is a gory. Um, This one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it sure is. So, according to the CDC, agriculture ranks among the most hazardous industries. Farmers are at a very high risk for fatal and non-fatal injuries. And farming is one of the few industries in which family members, who often share the work and live on the premises, are also at risk for fatal and non-fatal injuries. So, if you don't know, my husband grew up on a farm in Idaho. So, this was a, a fun one to talk to him about this and he was like yeah that's just that's what it is you know like you work your kid Cody looks like a farm boy he's got that that corn fed look to him he does he really does he's really cute he's uh, he's wholesome looking I love it because um we have we've been having a sock issue lately like you know he he wears his business attire to work um, so he's got what does special he work? Um, well, it depends. So if he's flying, um, you know, he wears his little, um, I, I can't 
remember what he called it. It was something silly. Just his little silly, like, black pants with the the white shirt and the mm-hmm. little... Um, my brain just stopped working. <laughs> the little... Um, appellates. No, that's not what it's... What are they called? This seems like something I wouldn't know. <laughs> Hold on. Epaulets. Okay, see, I'm not cultured enough to even know what the hell you're talking about. I'm a terrible aviation wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes he wears um, a whole on, like, zip-up flight suit. And then when he's, you know, doing his boss stuff, you know, slacks... I bet the flight suit's hot. No hetero, but I bet it is. Oh, it's so hot. (laughs) And then he has his little patches and he always, he wants them to be like perfect and straight. And he always comes up to me and he's like, will you patch me? And it's my favorite thing in the world. That's adorable. (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, when he's not working, you know, he's got his favorite pair of holy jeans that I've sewn up five times and his boots. And but just to get back with that, it's it's socks. You know, he's got his boot socks and his work socks. And yeah, he's he's a farm boy. He definitely looks like a farm boy when he's uh, not doing the helicopter stuff. I mean, he's got a farm boy face no matter what he's doing. Yeah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) He's got that corn fed look. It's cute. He's so adorable. Um, yeah, so he grew up on a farm, and so we were just t- we talked a lot about that, and it was fascinating. I looked into it a little bit more, and yeah, there's not any regulations whatsoever as far as like child labor Ooh. is concerned on farms. Um, there's a parental exemption with the U.S. Department of Labor, and you know. I realize that America is not the entire world, but (laughs) this is where I'm at. So this is where I'm going. I'm sure laws are different in different places, but I don't, it it seems this might be kind of across the board. Um, But the U.S. Department of Labor says minors of any age may be employed by their parents at any time in any occupation on a farm owned or operated by his or her parents. Wow. That that really leaves things wide open, doesn't it? Wide open. Wow. By the way, I'm just curious. Are you going to tell Cody about that little what are you wearing Cody sidebar that just got broadcasted for the world? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so funny because, uh, yeah, I probably will. <laughs> I almost went into the chonies. Like, what kind of underwear are you mm. wearing? But maybe I'll save that. Maybe you will. Yeah, I, I'm just, I can imagine my girlfriend's eye roll if I had a sidebar about how cute her clothes are. They are cute, though. <laughs> they are really cute, though. I like how she dresses. Okay. Okay. I'm not doing it. Back to it. <laughs> she's really cute. Okay. She is cute. I'm good. And she's very fashionable. She is. She is. She really is. And she looks great in a button up and she looks great in a quarter zip and she looks great in a vest. Okay. She looks great in a leather jacket. Okay. I'm done. Carry on. Are you sure? No. I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking about it. But I'm done. <laughs> so as I do, I fell down some rabbit holes and, you know, there's so many different farming accidents, but there was one that I found article after article about, and that was power takeoff accidents, in short, PTOs. Oh, they have a whole acronym. They happen so much. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, So, sadly, there are a ton of these accidents. Um, They're not uncommon. 
Um, but I found one power takeoff accident in particular that I wanted to share today. So here we go. I'm ready. On January 11th, 1992, 18-year-old John Thompson was home alone on his family's farm in Hertzville, North Dakota. His mother's cousin was recently in a car crash that had landed her in the ICU, so his parents made an 80-mile trek to Bismarck to bring her food and support to the extended family. Like I mentioned before, farming tends to be a family affair, and so John stayed behind to kind of take care of the duties on the farm. As teenagers do, John slept in late that Saturday. Around noon, he threw on some jeans, a t-shirt, and a heavy flannel shirt. Hey, it just it circles back to... It to, does. Farm attire. We don't go off on tangents at no, all. No, not at all. <laughs> it was all planned. Planned. Circling back to this moment. <laughs> John then headed outside with his blue healer, Tuffy, to get to work. That's such a cute name for a dog. I always think that's a very cute name for a dog. And blue healers. I know. We love Bluey. We do. We do. So first up, he needed to grind feed for the livestock. He needed to unload barley from a dump truck using an auger that carried grain to a bin. So it's sort of like a, a conveyor belt. Okay. The auger is driven by a flywheel that's on the tractor using a one and a half inch bar that's called a power takeoff. So as the bar spins, the auger turns. Simply the PTO transfer because you you have your equipment that's connected to the tracker, the tractor, sorry. The PTO basically transfers the power from the tractor to the, the equipment, the auger. Okay. It's, think of it as the middleman. Okay. It's like the extension. Okay. So the PTO, this bar that's in between the tractor and the auger, this thing can spin upwards to 500 times a minute. Wow. It's super fast. Hold on. I'm looking up a picture of it just so I can picture this better. Okay. So there's a couple of them. Let me pull one off. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad to have a visual here. Got it. I don't, I mean, I do, but I'm alarmed to know how this bit of machinery ends up on our podcast. This can't be good. Whoa, do you hear the thunder? I do hear the thunder. Oh, Damn it, we don't hardly ever get thunder this time of year. Oh, we're supposed to get supposed to be getting some squirrely weather. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, we're supposed to be getting gusty wind and snow today. Rumors that we might even get hail. Hail. I haven't had hail in so long. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, we really okay. just did that. All right, continue. You're so corny. <laughs> corny on a farming accident oh, show. Oh no. Bump. <laughs> All right, so there. now you know what a PTO. It's just a, it's a bar that's connected between the tractor and the the equipment. Okay. So the PTO that John's family used, it was a bit old and it was missing something. Well, that's not good. No. What it was missing was the safety shield. It had since broken off. But the $50 part was never replaced. Oh, my God. 
Quote, there were always other expenses that seem more important or necessary. Mm. Again, the disregard for this safety part from what I've seen isn't uncommon in farming communities or we wouldn't have so many of these accidents I'm talking about today. Right. And I mean, it's a different culture and I, you know, it's not OSHA working on the farm. (laughs) No, no. Um, John's working and it's unclear exactly how it happened. Maybe he slipped on some ice, who knows, but John's flannel gets caught in the PTO and Mm. in in an instant he gets sucked in. (gasps) His body is whipped around and around the bar until eventually he was thrown to the ground face down. Oh, my God. Remember, I told you 500 times per minute. So, I mean, he he spun around this several times. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. So John, who was blacked out, was finally awakened by his dog, Tuffy, licking his face. Oh, good boy, Tuffy. Yeah, I guess he was just like, trying to like, what's going on, man? Like, get up. We're supposed to be working. John's shirt and flannel were gone. And soon he would notice that both of his arms were gone, too. (gasps) Soon he would notice. How long does it take to notice that? When you're in shock. I get like, what? Okay. <laughs> was there a lag on him noticing that? Or yeah. is this like a figure? Like how long? Like mm, probably seconds, minutes? I am. At, I hope not longer than minutes. I mean. I, I think it was minutes. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. That freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. He rolled onto his back and pushed his body to the tractor. Using the wheels for support, he managed to stand. And then he began to panic. He screamed, Look at me. My God, look at me. Oh. He was alone. Do you know, like, how far, like, how much arm are we talking? I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there for sure. Um, He was alone and he knew he needed to get help fast. So John made his way back to the house with a nerve from one arm frozen to his chest because (gasps) of the winter weather. Melanie. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Struggling with a sliding glass front door, he changed course and made his way into an attached garage to enter the house. He bent down and used his mouth to twist open the doorknob and made his way to the phone. But the phone in the dining room was a rotary phone. I was about to say, please tell me it's not a rotary phone. <laughs> it was a fucking rotary phone. Oh, my phone. God. John in 92? God bless it. Yeah. I mean, this farm, like... I know. But he... There was another phone. John knew he had to make it to the family's office because they actually had one with push buttons in there. I mean, that's still going to be a huge challenge, but... Yes. Uh, John is the sweetest, by the way. Uh, He stalls for a moment before going to the office. Um, His mother actually had just put in new carpet in their dining room and he did not want to ruin it oh my god like he literally was like i i cannot mess up my mom's carpet oh my god bless his heart sir you are about to bleed to death yeah he, he had no choice so he raced to the office trying not to make a mess but again he was met with the closed door 
he tried to kick it in, um, but he was beginning to think like he's going to lose his balance. It's, it's right. This, so he bent over again, used his mouth once again to turn the knob and was able to enter the office. I mean, the blood loss has to be significant. <laughs> yeah. So I know this was 92, um, but it was mentioned for some reason in his area. This was pre pre 911. I don't know if it's because it's a farming yeah. community. Yeah, that started in the 70s, didn't it? I just listened to a podcast I, about that the other day. Yeah. So I don't know if it nationally hmm. or if this is a detail that was messed up. Either way, John had the emergency line memorized, but for some reason, probably shock, he decided to call one of his friends. With his nose, he tried to dial his friend, but after several attempts, he was met with a busy, busy sis. Blah. Nope. With his nose, he tried to dial a friend, but after several attempts, he was met with a busy signal. Oh, my God. Oh, I hate this, a busy this, signal on a normal day. This is harrowing. <laughs> yeah. So then John tried to call his cousin, Tammy. She lived just a couple miles away. He struggled to dial the phone with his nose this time. So he picked up a pen and with his mouth, he began punching in the numbers. That's smart. That's really smart. Eventually, he got through. Tammy called for an ambulance and then called her mother, Renee, at work. John made his way to his bathroom, sat in the tub, and closed the shower curtain where he just waited. Oh, my God. His Aunt Renee made it before the paramedics arrived. There was some back and forth between John and his aunt, like between the shower curtain, because he didn't want her to see him in that condition. Oh, my gosh. This guy. He's very much like. He is very considerate. (laughs) Very considerate. Very empathetic like yeah th- it's this is reminding me of that one meme about how the lifeguard could be pulling you to shore as you're drowning and you're like sorry to bother you <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, that exactly. is this guy <laughs> yes absolutely um so there was some back and forth um renee insisted um and there that's that she's she's gonna help her you know her nephew so when she pulled back the shower curtain, there's obviously not much you can do. Oh, what are you going to do? You know? Right. Um, so she urged John just to keep talking until help arrived. So John passed the time by telling her jokes. Like, he, he I guess he was a big jokester. <laughs> um, a large part of my research was actually pulled from his memoir. So good spoiler, he survives. Thank God. But he tells one joke to her how many montanans does it take to screw in a light bulb and listen he does not deliver the punchline in this in his memoir and i need to know and google was zero help (laughs) is he still alive currently yeah maybe we can reach out and ask him i think i'm going to you should so when three paramedics finally show up, they were met with something far more horrific than they were prepared for. And these paramedics, I mean, this is a small town. They all know, like, John knows these people, yeah. like, you know, through one avenue or another. Um, They thought they were responding to someone with a broken arm. Oh, wow. Yeah, Could you I mean, fucking broken imagine? out in the yard, maybe. Damn. Yeah. While two paramedics wrapped John in sheets to load him into the ambulance, another went to the tracker 
to locate John's arms, which were still in the flannel sleeves flung almost 100 feet for, from each other. I mean, that says a lot about the the velocity of that machinery, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read that, you know, one of the paramedic, the paramedic that went to find his arms, like, found one, and Tuffy actually directed him of to the other one. Once at the hospital, arrangements were made, and John was transported by helicopter to Harvey, where he would then be transported by plane to Minneapolis, Minnesota. The decision to fly him to Minneapolis came when a doctor remembered hearing about another doctor successfully reattaching limbs at North Memorial Hospital. So he's like, okay, he's like, you know, they're doing this crazy microsurgery at this hospital. Like, this is where he needs to be. Let's let's reroute. This would be John's first time flying on an airplane, and he convinced the crew to let him sit up so he can enjoy the view. I also found this detail, this next detail, so crazy. So during the flight, John started to complain that his arms felt cold. Oh, wow. That they felt like ice. Oh, gosh, that's so weird. His I mean, I know arms, all about phantom pain and everything, but it's just so weird. Yes, his arms were on ice, you know? Yeah. Phantom limb pain is so fascinating. It really is. I could, I try to I could read dig about into- that for a long time. <laughs> I try to dig into that, but it's like they still don't have like a concrete answer oh. on why. What? Okay. I have to tell you something. So Adelaide showed me something earlier and it was just so weird and cool. And I thought sometime maybe I will have an opportunity to bring this up on the podcast because it's just like some little tidbit of information. But when the hell is that going to come up? Right the hell now is when it's going to come up because it's about amputation. <laughs> I love when this happened. This happened like an hour before we recorded. <laughs> so she brings me the phone and shows me this short or reel or whatever that she found. And basically, okay, there's a name for it. I don't have it in front of me because I didn't think today was going to be the day that I would be able to bring this up. But basically, so if imagine, you know, a person's leg and let's say there's a cancer in the femur or near the knee. Okay, so they will section it and they will basically remove the calf and then uh-huh. they'll they'll keep the arteries and nerves intact and then they will rotate the foot backwards and sew it backwards onto the thigh where it was cut. Basically, they just cut it out and put them back together, but they put it so the foot faces backwards because then the joint mimics the rotation of a knee. Wow. Yes. Um, it, it works and it's a lot better for putting into prosthetics and it gives them a better range of motion and it's a whole thing. And then she showed me that and I fell down a little rabbit hole about it and I was like, that is so cool. It's, um, medicine is so neat. It is. And I'm just like, I, I need to tell the podcast about this, but when the hell is there going to be an opportunity for that? Well, here we are now that we're talking about advances in amputation. What the hell? Okay. Isn't 2024 just fucking great already? Yes, <laughs> yes I'm into it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's complaining that his arms are cold. They feel like ice and like he is begging them to take his arms out and warm them up. Really? Like he's that miserable. Obviously they didn't. Like oh, you have yeah. to keep them on ice. Yeah. I wonder what if they had though. Do you think I, it would have felt different? I mean, surely not. I want to know. 
I mean, how could it? But I, I, inquiring minds want to know. I mean, it could. You never know. I mean, you never do. Okay. I'm, I know what rabbit hole I'm falling down later. <laughs> so at North Memorial Hospital, John met with Dr. Van Beek, uh, the aforementioned surgeon who had successfully reattached limbs on several patients. He gave John a decision. They could reattach his arms or he could leave them off. He quickly agreed to have them reattached despite an increased risk of infection and major complications. Mm. In the six-hour surgery, the team of doctors bolted his bones back together with metal brackets, reattached the muscles and tendons, and finally attached the nerves to restore circulation in his arms. How many hours did you say? Six. That doesn't seem like enough. No. In 92, too? My God, I can hardly clean the whole house in six hours. I know. What What? are we doing with our life? (laughs) So Dr. Van Beek said, nerves are like telephone cables, a small bundle held together by an outer casing. In the bundle are thousands of little wires, but instead of color coding, there are different shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. That's the real asset. The topography helps me to line up the nerve properly when I get to see it magnified. That is so freaking fascinating. Microsurgery. It's where it's at. Uh huh. Because John's arms were cut Three to four inches below his shoulder. So to mention. So wow. That is. Like off, uh, off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's kind of what I was picturing, but wow. Yeah. Um. Each arm, because, because they were, you know, just below the shoulders, each arm was shortened by two inches during the reattachment. I mean, that's this, not bad. Yeah. This would be the first of, obviously, many, many surgeries for John. Wouldn't that be so weird if just your arms were shorter now? Like, I wonder how much you would notice that. I'm sure you would, right? I feel like two inches is like right on that line where you wouldn't really, I mean, in and of itself, you wouldn't lose a lot of functionality just because of the two inches. But, I mean, would you just like reach for things and not get them at the time? I I just feel like it would really potentially throw off your proprioceptive concept at first. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So back home, um, rumors started to spread that John didn't survive the accident. I mean, it was a pretty horrific accident. In a small town, rumors fly. It got so bad that his sister actually had to notify the press that he was still alive and had underwent this surgery to reattach his arms. So because she reached out to the press, John's story immediately makes international news because the surgery is just captivating he's lost his arms and they're literally reattaching right his arms. i mean that's captivating now this is the early 90s yeah after a follow-up surgery less than a week later dr van beek said at a press conference they had many many press conferences he said if we salvage nothing but john's elbows i consider that a home run but Dr. Van Beek was confident with the reattachment because the skin grafts were successfully covering John's exposed blood vessels. He said, I am optimistic that his arms will survive. He also stated that there was still a major, major risk of infection, which could threaten those arms. And it did. Hmm. Within two weeks of the accident, John developed staph infection. Dr. Van Beek 
thought that they would have to amputate the arms, but fortunately he recovered from the infection and his arms continued to heal. So John was really fight like wow. we gotta wait it out. I mean, staff is crazy. Yeah, that's um, that's gnarly. But for him to like get the past resilience that, of this guy. <laughs> right. Physically and mentally and emotionally is unreal. Because John's story garnered so much attention, people with their audacity, so much audacity, (laughs) tried everything they could to meet him, despite John still being in the ICU. Oh, my God. What is wrong with people? People fucking suck sometimes. Yeah. John said, there were guys who pretended they were clergymen and said that they wanted to offer support. Ignoring the fact that I was an intensive care unit, people would charge into my room and start praying over me. At one point, someone was giving me my last rites. I was heavily medicated and actually thought I was dead because of it. That is entirely the wrong kind of ghoul. Yeah. All these well-meaning people could have killed me with their good (laughs) intentions. They didn't understand the precautions had been ordered to protect me and them from germs because I was at a high risk for infection. I question how connected to God these people actually (laughs) were. Damn. Yeah. Damn. He's calling people out. Good for him. Yeah. I, I mean, that sucks. Like, mm-hmm. so I see you. Get out of there. Mm-hmm. What are you? It's disgusting, you honestly. It got so bad that the hospital actually brought in extra security just for John's room. Wow. You know, people were like, he's got healing properties. Like, it's it was just wild. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird. Celebrities also try to meet up with John. Guns N' Roses try to schedule time with him um, at the hospital. It did fall through because he had another emergency surgery. Bette Midler sent flowers. Whitney Houston sent autograph CDs. And even though he didn't know who he was at first, he agreed for a visit from Emilio Estevez, who was in town shooting Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Isn't that cool? I love that movie. And he didn't know Uh, who he was, though. (laughs) Not at first, no. He's just um, like, they had, sure, come on, I guess. The hospital had like a whole PR person. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. John would stay at North Memorial for a total of six weeks, which still feels really short to me. It does, yeah. Uh, his recovery was closely monitored. John was surprised that anyone wanted to visit him in the hospital simply because of how bad his room smelled. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> He said, I still had to contend with the skin grafts and wounds on my arms. They would ooze and bleed. The stench of the drainage was so overpowering. It made my caretakers and me nauseous. To improve the air quality, the nurses decorated my room with those Christmas tree air fresheners you can buy for your car. Oh. Little Christmas trees. Listen. The detail, I, like the- I love the details in this story. <laughs> I have... I'm my favorite is the black ice Christmas tree. That's my favorite smell. And ever since I've been researching, like I cannot look at that thing. I feel very strongly about true North. (laughs) (laughs) True North. Yes. It's white. It kind of smells like men's cologne, but not like super overpowering men's cologne. Like some of them are Um, not that I don't like overpowering cologne, to be honest, but you know, it is definitely, I I don't know. I'm obsessed with true North. It's in my car right now. Have you smelled a black ice? Yeah, I think it's that's kind like of one of the stronger ice. men's cologne ones, but I don't yeah. dislike it. Yeah. 
I like I, I like that. I want that cheap smelling <laughs> men's cologne flavor. In Is my that car. what's in your car it. right now? Yep. Yep. True North's in my car. I'm going to switch it today because switch it for another True North. It just needs changed. Okay. Back to I it. I just bought mine too. We can switch them together. Oh, yay. We can be synchronized. <laughs> what is wrong with us? John was finally released to go home on February 25th, 1992, and his discharge was again a media spectacle. Someone asked him how it felt going home. Hey, fucking John, the jokester, he said, well, I came down in three pieces and I'm going home in one. <gasps> I, oh my God, so I cannot funny. with this man. John would go on to finish high school and go to college, um, but this media was still watching his every move. The attention would ultimately throw John into a super deep depression. Well, that sucks. Yeah. He said, look at all the things that have been written about me. You know, too tough to die. I had to live up to that stuff. And nobody can. Hmm. You know, it's that whole expectation. I like mean, when that- you survive something, it's like, God had a plan for you, you know, well, and it's, yeah. why can't it be like, you survive this horrible thing? You're allowed to live a normal life. Yes. And that really does kind of take me back to the Hart family episode and how we are consuming people's stories. Yeah. And the impact that it has on them. Yep. So John struggled with depression for years. Um, and he found that when he wrote his memoir, you'll love the title of this home in one piece. Oh, he I was do able love the title of that. <laughs> he was able to regain control of his story. Um, I actually, um, we, kind of talked about research and stuff uh, before we started recording today. It has been a long time since I was able to like buy a book for research purposes. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. So, you know, John Thompson, Home in One Piece, definitely check it out if you want. He goes into obviously a lot more detail on things um, and it. it was really great. Um, I'm Googling him right now. I need a face to put with a name. Hang on. Okay, he looks about like I was picturing. Oh, and his dog, Duffy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's bananas, huh? It is insane. Oh, okay. Now I found pictures of, oh, wow. His arms and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So with his memoir, he was able to share his experience, obviously through his own lens, you know, outside of the media hoopla. um, And just basically say, like, you know, there's so much more that comes with a survival story. John said, it's it's okay to break. It's okay to ask for help. And that's why I push so hard and talk so much about the mental stuff. The latest update that I've seen on John was last year. Um, he currently like splits his time between um, he's got an apartment um, and I don't want to dox him or anything, but he's got an apartment <laughs> in one place, got a home in another. Um, I'm just curious. Did he share this information or did you find it somewhere? <laughs> it was in an article. So oh, okay. I Fair enough. Know. That could go either way. 
It could go either way. I'm like, if it's from his memoir, I don't think you're doxing him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he did work for a time as a realtor. Um, but, and this is the problem with our healthcare here. When you're on disability, you, you can't be uh, making too much money. You, you don't get that mm-hmm. disability insurance. Yep. Um, which fucking sucks. So, um, it, you know, he just... From what I like, the latest updates, he's just home chillaxing. He likes to garden. He's got some cats. And his arms are doing pretty well. His arms are doing well. Oh, my uh, gosh. He, like, he loves some karaoke. And um, le- I don't know if he's still working on it, um, but he there was a lot of stuff in his memoir that um, he said in an interview that he felt a little censored on and I'm sure just 1992 hmm. or whatever. Um, so I does look like he is possibly maybe going to rewrite, you know, and yeah. be a little more open. Well, John's version. <laughs> John's version. I fucking love that in the year of Taylor Swift. Yes. Right. John's version. Um, and uh, hopes to write a children's book too so that okay can we talk for a moment about what it would be like to be a person who has had the experience of having arms and the experience of not having arms like just walking around with your arms on like like arms typically are but you know what it's like to have no arms because at least briefly you had no arms right but now you do like that's just that's blowing my mind man yeah so he um there's one point where because he doesn't have like full motor function in his hands i mean it's limited but i mean right. he's, he's got his he can move around you know um there was one point where a doctor was like you know we could amputate your hands and you we can get into the robotic you know mm-hmm. prosthetics and um he had said you know i didn't put this like in here but he had said that you know he tested out these robotics and like it gripped onto his like he put it on one of his arms and it gripped and he couldn't get it off. It was gripping too tight. And I don't, it, it, to me, that's like AI, <laughs> you know what I mean? A, yeah. A, how people feel with AI, like, no, it's, yeah. it's too much. <laughs> so he is, he seems to be doing well. And um, I don't know the word, not happy, but satisfied right. with where he is at today reasonably content maybe reasonably content i love that (laughs) it's all we can aim for really so yeah that is the story of john thompson i thought that was the whole reattachment of limbs is fascinating to me it is incredibly fascinating to me i was just talking to one of my friends about that the other day i love prosthetics i just i see people with cool prosthetics in public and i just i'm not because people don't want i don't think their bodies commented on in public even if it is cool but i just want to be like dude that's sick like look at that that's cool (laughs) absolutely um have you been on the prosthetic side of tiktok there's one guy that does not no prosthetics uh like different designs and stuff and he'll put glitter on them it is really so satisfying cool. to watch i need to get on the prosthetic side of tiktok <laughs> yeah is maybe a weird thing to say but well you ready for some disaster relief hell yeah i am 
All right, I can go first since you've been telling us this, I don't want to say amazing story because it's just terrible, but I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, so I will say I took Adelaide to see the uh, Taylor Swift Eras movie the other day. It was so nice. People were standing up dancing in there. Somebody put a Midnight's bracelet on the seat, but it was like positioned in a way that I really don't think it was left there accidentally. It was intentional. Yeah. And I mean, surely the theater was clean. Like it's one of the ones with reclining seats and it has like a console in the middle and it was just positioned like a party favor almost on the console. There's no way. Um, so she, yeah, she was extremely excited about that. People were up dancing. I cried some of the songs. It was so fun. I love spending that kind of time with my little broke bestie. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that I I talked to you before and I was like, I like Taylor Swift as much as the next person, but I don't know if I really want to three three hours. hours. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but no, it really did not wear thin nearly as much as I thought it would. Like I told you, we got a little restless during the songs we weren't as familiar with in the last hour. But I mean, for a three hour movie concert, they kept it very, very engaging. And it was good. Yeah, we rented it uh, for the girls on Taylor Swift's birthday. Yeah, I just, the movie theater is just so far away. And, you know, I'm just... I did not have the energy around (laughs) to do any of that stuff. Yeah, I think we may have gone on possibly literally the last day it was in any theaters. It was I wasn't going to but then I did it was the last um, last theater around here that still had it and they had it for like one time a day for a few more days. (laughs) So we caught it at the very end. Aww. Well, mine is just going to be 2024. I was really <laughs> struggling at the end of December. Um, last episode, I was telling you how I was kind of just panicking because of Christmas. I wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I impressed myself. I fucking pulled it off. As you always do somehow. Uh, somehow. I don't know how. Uh, kids had a great Christmas. Um, it was nice. Like, there's stuff... I try to go really thoughtful this year. Ava got a new bow, which was cool. Um, so hopefully no one winds up on the podcast. Oh, an archery bow. I thought you meant like a Jojo Siwa bow. And I'm like, I wouldn't have figured that for Ava's aesthetic. But okay, now <laughs> I, that's not the kind of bow you mean. And I would have figured that for Ava's aesthetic. Yeah, it was really neat because I haven't been to any of her little meets or anything. So she was giving me the whole safety lessons, which is really <laughs> cool, and all the little whistles. And I'm like, well, what happens if you can't whistle? Um, so I was going do 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 and stuff <laughs> like that for her. Um, but I'm just no 2024. I'm ready for it. Um, it's it's the fresh start I needed. Um, I know. I don't want to get too into it, um, but I know some of you who have followed along, um, the second day of the year, I finally got a death certificate for my brother, and I feel like that has been, definitely left me with more questions than answers, which need to be sussed out, Um, but it helped me, you know, like not having to wait for a government official to... right. It was a loose end that needed to be wrapped up, and it feels good having it start that way this year. Human complexities. Human complexities. (laughs) 
So yeah, I'm looking for and all our new exciting stuff that's going to be happening in our new show. Yes, our new baby. Our little second sisters. child. Little sisters. Yay! <laughs> or brother and sisters, I don't know. I think they're probably both girls. Let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah. Well, I guess until next time. Whoa, did you hear that? That shook my house. I did. Go look out your window. Stop recording and go look at stuff. I would be. <laughs> Holy shit. That I. Oh, my God. I think I peed a little. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, no stay dreams. safe. Sweet dreams or no dreams. Don't get blown away. <laughs> All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.